before we start the show, we just want to let you guys know that we here at Film Fights Incorporated will be doing a live video stream of our show, Film Fights, on New Year's Eve, starting at 9 p.m., going on until we ring in the new year. That's right. We're going to be playing some trivia games. We're going to have some call-ins from fake guests. We're also going to have a big film fact fraud. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're staying in, you want to have some drinking company so you don't feel like a true alcoholic like we are, join us on Facebook and YouTube on New Year's Eve. Yes, join us. Join us. Now, enjoy the show. So how old were you when you stopped believing in Santa Claus? Oh, I was eight. That's when I realized my mom and Santa had the same handwriting. Oh, I see. Well, I was 10, and it was when I noticed that my dad and Santa Claus were never in the same room together. Well, I was 34. It was when I was watching these stupid goddamn fucking movies. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Film Fights. I am your fearless host, Jono Rodriguez. And with me, of course, is my merciless, miracle man boy, Conrad Hartman. Hello, Conrad. Hey. How are you doing? I'm phenomenal. How are you? Excellent. I knew what you were going to ask. This is a very special week. For film fights, because not only is it a duel of the Santas, but it is our first episode with a special guest. And our special guest is with us right now. Her name is Leslie Hartman. Hello, Leslie. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hello. Welcome to the show, honey. Thanks. That's right. It. They're married. That's right. Surprise. Oh, my God. Nepotism. Did you not know? He's taken, ladies. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. back off. <laughs> yeah, get out of our emails with the uh, talking about my me being so hot. I mean, I know he has a sexy voice, but. <laughs> well, see, that makes me the most upset because he is obviously the guy I share a lot of my life with. So we'll make it work. Watch I'll out. I'll only share him me. with you, Jono. Okay, great. So on this it's show. Yes. Yeah, st- <laughs> Uh, Let's not dispense the formalities too long. Yes, Conrad, please explain what this show is all about. So on this show, we each choose a film, and we pit them against each other in a brutal grudge match. We laugh at their foibles. We talk about the ways in which they're fantastic and their victories, and then ultimately choose a winner. This week, since we have a lovely guest host with us, she chose one of the films for us tonight. And then you and I, Jono and I, collaborated on the other film. Mm-hmm. So That's right. Leslie, you chose for us Miracle on 34th Street, but the 1994 remake, correct? Yes. I mean, I was born in 86, so it only makes sense that the one that I would think of first would be 94. I was eight years old, and Santa was so wholesome and real, and Matilda was the lead, so... <laughs> That's oh, a... sure. Uh, Matilda before she was Matilda. Precisely. But, um, but this is very interesting 
and I think we should introduce this little piece of trivia for everybody, is that when you had suggested <laughs> Miracle on 34th Street, of course I thought, oh, sure, <laughs> she's talking about the 1947 classic <laughs> Miracle on 34th Street, which uh, I sought out to watch, and it wasn't until uh, I was nearly finished with the film that I, I had texted Conrad here, and it was confirmed <laughs> that I was watching the wrong movie. <laughs> and this was last night at 1 a.m. <laughs> Not to break the fourth wall, but just to show how uh, incredibly, uh, uh, what an incredible scramble I had to do. Um, so I actually uh, woke up a little early to watch the 94 version uh, this morning. And. And here we are all now. You got real miracled up. <laughs> I, I, I'm super miracled week. up. And I'm excited to see your take on it because if you watch the remake immediately after the original, I feel like it just so rarely stands up. Oh, sure. Like that. Uh, I traveled in time 40 years in the span, <laughs> in the span of a couple hours. Uh, Almost so, 50. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting. I will say that um, I, uh, you know, we'll get into it obviously uh, in, in just a moment here. But um, yeah, I can't wait to because uh, uh, for one, uh, I'll just get the get this out of the way because uh, I am the unique one here. <laughs> I did watch both of them and it was weird. But uh, there are a lot of things to compare with both movies, and I had to kind of drive it into my mind that when I was watching the 94 version, do not compare this with the original. This is supposed to be, I need to be tunnel vision. Um, Cause for the first, I think 10 or 15 minutes, I kept comparing it to the original and thinking, Oh, they, they screwed this up. Oh, they didn't do it right. But I had to retroactively think, well, don't compare it because that wasn't the movie you were supposed to watch. And once I did that, I, you know, was able to get out of my head about it and go, okay, you know, I can enjoy this on its own without having to go back and forth. But we'll we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, so, Conrad, what was our response uh, with our Santa Claus movie versus Miracle on 34th Street? So we went a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> but we wanted to do another Santa is real movie. And so we chose... The Santa Claus, starring Home Improvement's darling actor, <laughs> Tim Allen. America's pride and joy, the cocaine dealer from Michigan. <laughs> Sounds like a wrestler name. He does. A wrestler title. Yeah, brother. The cocainer from Michiganer. <laughs> um, so now, what, what's really interesting, sorry to interrupt, but both of these movies, incidentally, came out the same year. 1994. I love 1994. 1994? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a great The Stereo song. Michigan-born cocaine-dealing American darling Tim Allen. <laughs> you said darling twice. No, I didn't. Oh, probably not. I mean, he's a double darling. <laughs> he's he was definitely a, darling. a sparkling superstar. He was a sparkling superstar. <laughs> oh, he was sparkling all right. I think the sparkles were coming from just under his nose, if you look closely. <laughs> <laughs> and we chose this because uh, we just thought it was a heartwarming and funny 
movie uh, remembered enjoying it as a kid i don't remember thinking those things i'd actually never seen this okay i ch- you had never as seen this as a child no sorry i i it was way cooler then way cooler way cooler um <laughs> no i so i had not seen any of the three movies that <laughs> technically uh, i watched for the podcast um i i remember stuff from the Santa Claus because I'm sure I'd seen it you know on HBO or whatever when I was a kid but it I it wasn't interesting to me um it just wasn't interesting to me I don't know so of course I was there smart was no question that we should choose this <laughs> I was smart even when I was a kid obviously John was very enthusiastic <laughs> about this about this week look I I just <laughs> if I'm just being completely real I was at uh, I was at Half Price Books. Shout out to Half Price Books. Come on, support your local. No, that's for Future John to do. Uh- <laughs> Future John of Airhorn. Airhorn over, specifically, the same cadence over uh, whatever he just did. I don't care how hard it is. Here, I'll give it to you again, Future John, but I'll do it slower. Now he has, to do, he has to do it twice now. But the second time slower because I did it slower. Could you do it with more of a positive twist? Like a... <laughs> I have to do it backwards. Yeah, that's right. Arrow words are very negative. Why don't they like... Yeah, why don't they go up in pitch to leave you with a happy feeling? Are you saying... It is Christmas after all. Air horns for like uh, a boy's town or something where it's like... That's even better. Does that? I love yeah, it. I love it. It's got a rainbow love flag on it. And everything. <laughs> yeah, it so, actually just does that. Love it. Hate it. No, I lobbied this uh, to you because it is a classic film, and um, and as far as like Santa Claus versus Santa Claus, uh, there's not. I mean, well, I mean, there's. Don't get me wrong. There's loads of movies that portray a real Santa Claus in it, but none that have a specifically proving Santa Claus's existence kind of angle to keep him out of the clutches of lawyers right <laughs> and the law <laughs> right in general out of law and also out of a uh, uh, you know parental <laughs> parental rights that's right <laughs> and so I thought this was like oh, okay you know this is a movie about proving if Santa Claus is real so was this one so it felt it felt right and the fact that they're because uh, again, when I first <laughs> thought we were watching the 1947 uh, version of Miracle, uh, this actually works even better because they both came out in '94, which mm-hmm. is really interesting and really crazy that two movies came out the same year that are specifically about the realness of Santa Claus and the proving of it in the courts. In the courts, all the way. Well, well, the courts are only mentioned in Santa Claus. Uh, with the child it's visitation. It's the name. <laughs> the Santa Court. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, lawyers are involved. It's a clause. It's a clause. It's legally binding. <laughs> he has no choice but to be Santa. He should have. That was their tagline. The Santa Claus. You are legally obligated to watch this movie. So we know <laughs> that, like, even Santa Claus rules also follow the same bullshit lawyer logic that any other company where it's like oh you got to read the fine print it's mm-hmm. it's written in the border you need a magnifying glass to read it horseshit anyway let's go ahead and get started we're gonna start with uh with uh our special guest leslie's pick which is miracle on 34th street the 1994 version Yay. although i will be bringing up some of the stuff from the 47 
because I watched it, why not? Why, why not tell you about uh, what worked and what didn't? Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and get started with that. Honey, do you want to tell us about the movie? She's uh, well, talking about the back of the box, well, buddy. Oh boy, when you ask me like that, how could I ever say no? Now, I'm actually <laughs> reading this off of Amazon's website because we watched this movie digitally. Mm-hmm. And there are some punctuation errors, punctuation lacking in this. So I'm going to read it exactly how it's written. Please. All right. Six-year-old Susan has doubts about childhood's most enduring miracle, Santa Claus. <laughs> Wait. That's how it's written. Can you start? <laughs> Take a deep breath and go by that again, please. Six-year-old Susan has doubts about childhood's most enduring miracle, Santa Claus. Her mother told her the secret about Santa a long time ago, so Susan doesn't expect to receive the most important gifts on her Christmas list. But after meeting a special department store Santa who's convinced he's the real thing, Susan is given the most precious gift of all something to believe in. (laughs) Those two commas missing make a big difference in that. (laughs) The most important gift something to believe in? Exactly. Let me see. But it also doesn't even really follow the movie. Because if you think about it, the first time Susan ever sees the Santa Claus is whenever the parade is going by. And she's all excited, but she doesn't want to let it known that she's excited because she doesn't want her mom to know that maybe she might believe in Santa a little bit. But then her mom's boyfriend's like, I'll oh, just let her believe in Santa. And when Santa goes by, he winks at her. And she's like freaked out. She's like, oh my God, he saw me. Yeah, it was very sweet. And Mara Wilson has the most amazing reaction face of all time. The, oh, the sure, best yeah. reactions ever. Her facial expressions are the best little kid excited they're, faces ever. Yeah, they're, they're appropriately uh, over the top. Mm-hmm. And, 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 not, and not in a cringy way. It's, no. it's like, oh, yep, that's a child. And I buy it the the whole way through, which um, which is more than I can say about Jake Lloyd, um, which is interesting. Which is interesting because Mara Wilson was twenty five when this movie came out. Oh, she, see, she that was makes, very that believable sense. as a yeah, child, though. Sense, yeah, this is when they started hiring older actors to portray children, right? Like in nine hundred two one zero when they had all those thirty year olds portray high school students. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, like there's the one scene where you where you see her, you accidentally. It's like a it was a gaff, you know, it was like a little blooper. Where they actually catch her in the background smoking a cigarette and drinking <laughs> a pint of gin room temperature. You know, I think it really goes both ways, though, because since she was actually a child, some of her old lady lines were completely unbelievable. <laughs> oh, see, and that's where... Yeah, if her I'm really a, precocious... If I will say... Sounding. Uh, in the 47 version, <laughs> all of... all Because, of, like, obviously it was rewritten... Um, and it was and it was interesting to watch them like back to back the way I did because there were scenes and dialogue that were literally the same, hmm. even to a point where, like when she called his beard whiskers, I feel like whiskers uh, was specifically something you called a beard or mustache. That's kind of an old world thing, where maybe someone her mom's age might have said whiskers in '94. But a six-year-old wouldn't call whiskers Maybe someone her a beard mom's, or mustache. Mom's age, mm-hmm. but she wasn't calling it that. 
because she actually used the word beard, and so did uh, Mr. Bradford. Or That's Bedford. because she's not as whimsical. The Elizabeth point is, Perkins was like, "That's his beard." The point he's playing is playing Santa Claus. The point is, I they, hate everything. They wanted some iconic things to be there, like whiskers, but they didn't want other iconic things to be there, like the mailbag scene. Uh, <laughs> what I'm trying so, to say is that when the little girl in the 47, because like she actually was adorable as well, and she was a good actress, but she had much more older things to say. And it was super believable because she was very stoic, but kind of in a childlike way. Not to say that Matilda was doing it wrong because she was stoic too, but she was more whimsical. And so what I'm saying is the 47 version, not as whimsical. And then for me, I thought that was adorable because it's like, oh, wow, you really are buying into what your mother's telling you. Whereas Matilda was more, I don't think she completely buys into what her mother, she's just repeating after her kind of thing. Totally, but I don't. I don't remember the Mister Bedford character in the first movie, but in the remake, his name was Mister Gainey, I think, okay. or Gailey in the first one, and so, it was a different relationship. In the remake, Mister um, Duchovny actually says that Matilda. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, Dylan McDermott. He does look like David Duchovny, uh, though. Looks so <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, whatever. <laughs> You know what I mean. I can't believe I'm right for once. <laughs> I'm sorry. Duchovny McDermott. We can call him Duchovny, though. It sounds like anchovy. All right. Um, no, McDermott's hotter. <laughs> sorry, I Henny. think so, too. But he actually calls, says that she she talks like a 63-year-old woman. That carries over from the 47 version. Okay, so that's like legit. And, and yeah, when comparison. he says it in the remake, it's it, it's a lot more strange because... She doesn't because when she uh, in that scene, when she's watching the parade and she's telling him, oh, I don't believe in Santa Claus because my mom says he's not real. And, you know, she only believes in the truth. She says it like that. She says it like it's a fact. And that sounds like a 63 year old. But the way Matilda said it was with a tear in her eye, like, yeah, my mom says Santa Claus isn't real. And you know what? I think she's right. He totally isn't real. And it's like, that doesn't sound like something a 63-year-old would say. <laughs> so again, it's it's one of those things that come from the original where they were trying to play it both ways, I think, with uh, Matilda and the remake. And I know we're mostly going to be talking about the remake, but I'm just saying that like for me, that didn't work that they were trying to play it both ways. That she's a child of fact mm-hmm. and science, but at the same time, she's adorable and like curious. And... Yeah, she it didn't she work as like, much. Yeah. It was uh it was like, "Hey, let's go have a skateboard party, you old biddies." <laughs> like, oh, is she a modern kid or a, an old lady calling people biddies? <laughs> a modern kid, <laughs> a modern kid who says, "Hey, let's go have a skateboard party." Yeah, that that's something that happens. It's like, "Hey, hey there kids, let's go have a skateboard party." That sounds like something that would happen in a like a Totino's commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was a great skateboard party. Yeah. Man, you got anything to eat? I think you got some pizza rolls in the freezer. <laughs> Totino's pizza rolls. You want some Capri Sun with that or some Sunny D? A salesman once told me that getting sales is like believing in Santa Claus if you believe you get presents. Oh, so you also saw Glengarry Glen Ross? 
Presents are for closers. <laughs> <laughs> ABCs, always be Being checking the, those presents. Checking, oh, always be checking the list. Oh, shit. Santa Claus. I, oh, man, I really bought man. it. Uh, Future John, I'll make that sound like I said it. <laughs> <laughs> always be checking the list. This remake version, which, of course... We're only going to be talking about the original in so much as uh, you watched it by accident. <laughs> so uh, there's that. Um, but this remake really had a super star-studded cast. Did it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it had Elizabeth Perkins, Dylan She's McDermott. He was, Have you had never Mara seen Wilson. It had. Yeah, but that's after the uh, that guy that played about- the judge that's in a bunch of things. <laughs> oh, he was great. I-, I actually thought that setup was really cool. The fact that uh, what you thought was a throwaway gag, uh, you know, before the credits, when he meets the when, judge's yeah, grandson, when he, meet, when he meets him, yeah, yeah and uh, and then later you see him, and it's like, holy shit, he's gonna be like on his side, and it's like, oh wait, no, he's playing the money game, which <laughs> playing God, the money I, I, game. I can't help but think about the the original because like they, they they changed the script enough significantly, yeah, like uh, there's some pivotal scenes in there, but. Um, I know but, about the male scene. What other pivotal differences are there between the two movies? Oh, okay. Well, well, yeah. Well, that's that's a big uh, that's a big change. I think is the male scene, which um, yeah, which is the iconic. I mean, you've seen it on The Simpsons, and you've probably seen it. Lost a elsewhere. lot of points for me for not including but, that in the remake. But the but but the idea of the male scene. What I'm talking about is in the courtroom when they get like 30 bags of mail and they dump them on the judge's uh, bench. It's all these letters addressed to Santa Claus, uh, which that was the argument. That was the closing argument, which was all these letters are addressed to Santa Claus and they're addressed right here to the courthouse. That's the proof because he's right here. And uh, but I think with a modern audience, the problem with that is that um, that discovery was made by a non main character. And and that was something that happened in older movies where they just wanted to move the plot along back then. And so it didn't matter who discovered whatever. And so literally we're, you know, like uh, 10 minutes from the end of the movie and this guy, this mailroom kid or whatever. Sort of a deus machina. Yeah, he sees this letter and goes, oh, this is addressed to Santa Claus, but it doesn't say North Pole. It says right here in the courthouse in New York City. All right, we should take all those other letters there. And then the lawyer thought that was a great idea. The uh, defense lawyer for Chris Kringle, he thought... Yes, we should do that because that'll totally make my case. In the remake, it was all about God because we God can't. God isn't real. God isn't real, but we trust in Him enough to put Him on our money. <laughs> I, I like that. That's not what they said. They didn't say, "Look, God's not real." <laughs> no, no, they we put Him on that. the money, right? But so, it takes faith. No, no, no. They straddled the line because the judge was, "Oh, whether you believe Him or not, our government has put enough faith in." him it or whatever uh to put him Her. on our money there we go them that's not <laughs> there you go it could be transitioning for all we know no but they they're able to prove that santa exists because of a dollar bill uh because it says in god we trust and so the judge immediately has a surgence of i guess inspiration and thinks oh if we can put god on our money we trust in God. It's a government-backed, you know, currency, and we've not 
proven whether he exists or not, but we believe in him. It's faith. And so I say we put that faith into this man who uh, <laughs> hit another guy in the head with a cane. <laughs> Side note, did not hit the guy in the head with the cane. No, he didn't. But that that was the accusation. And there's no proof. Like, they didn't. Look, I'm just saying, if they're going full scrim with the with the courtroom, they, the proof was whether the assault happened. And according to eyewitnesses, which was set up, um, he did. He didn't, but he did. He had intent. If any kind of medical review had been put <laughs> forth, that guy had zero damage to his body. There was not a single bruise. Because when he went to hit the guy, the guy grabbed yeah, the cane. Yeah, yeah. So it was all just a big fakeroo. But see that it's but see that bowl. really hindered and, and that's how it differs from the remake again because uh they were counting so much on that. They were counting so much. I, was that the plan? <laughs> yep, that was the whole plan. The whole plan was he's going to pretend to he's be like, hey, m- messed up. Antagonize him to a point where he's going to hit you with a cane and then have sharp reflexes because he's an alcoholic Mm -hmm. have sharp reflexes to block the cane enough to make it seem like he hit you um i really feel like if someone accuses you of being a pedophile you should be able to retaliate against them oh yeah i I mean we're working on putting that amendment in the constitution so long (laughs) so long as you are not a pedophile obviously i would rather be legally able to dock someone in the face for accusing me of being a pedophile than having the right to own a gun. That sounds about right. Yeah. Let's replace that with... It's, it's very specific. Okay. <laughs> Conrad's really not into this line of thinking. That's, uh, that's, that's what the bill says. Is that's, it because you don't want to be punched in the face? <laughs> whoa. Well, stop making me accuse you of being a pedophile. Well, stop making sense. David Byrne, everybody. Just don't Listen, be a pedophile. Um, ever. <laughs> this, there was actually a really... Uh, funny little tie-in that no one would get except for a super nerd like me. So Jane Leaves played one of the bad guys in this movie, right? Right. She played... Oh, she was under the... Uh, she, she, she was working for... Yep. And she, was, she had a fantastic three-line performance Demolis in this movie. From, from Bogus Journey. But check this out. So 1994, Jane Leaves... Frasier like would have just started. She left Frasier? No. Well, everyone left Frasier because it got canceled. Jane Leaves. Uh, but Jane Leaves, of course, was Daphne and Frasier. Right. She was Daphne. And Mir- there was a Christmas episode of Frasier called Miracle on 3rd or 4th Street. Obviously okay. a reference to Miracle on 34th Street. And Jane Leaves was in Miracle on 34th Street. Isn't that neat? When did that episode come out? After 94? I believe oh, so. Definitely. Yeah, it, it it came out. Uh, so it was a like a reference to it. What was her character in that episode? Jane leaves. <laughs> or, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Daph- <laughs> she, well, she was Daphne. Daphne Moon. Yeah, I know, but I mean, she's <sighs> Fraser's uh, father's live-in medical worker. Was the episode about proving the existence of Santa Claus? No. Because what kind of reference is that if you're not gonna? No, actually, are you ready for this? 92. 1993. This came out the year before oh. 
She was on it's in Miracle still a on 34th Street. to the original, though. Yeah, but it's just funny that that Jane Leaves was in this episode and then in Miracle on 34th Street. Why, why is it funny? It's just a neat coincidence. Because you are a racist against British people? What? I mean... <laughs> we are <yeah>. American. <laughs> it also had what's-his-name in it. Anyway, he's also played bad guys. So, yeah, it says Frasier determines that Santa Claus is real. No. Uh, on the show. So I'm here's the my theory. Like, if we're looking at the macro level of storytelling, mm-hmm. what did Richard Attenborough do before Miracle on 34th Street? What? You mean, what other things did he act in? He was the grandpa. He was in a lot of things. In Jurassic Park. You also, like, right, the yeah. major antagonist slash yeah. antagonist. <laughs> he, he was the antagonist. <laughs> he, he was just a very nice antagonist. He was a super nice, well-meaning guy. He but caused 9-11. He caused... Of, of dinosaurs. His grandchildren to almost be eaten by dinosaurs. Well, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few kids. Like, Isn't it was the... devastating. He was so excited. Mostly the non uh Kristen, Kristen Dunst character. But what did Grandpa <laughs> yeah. do afterwards? He had a mental breakdown. Richard Attenborough? He was so positive and so excited about that amusement park. Oh, I thought you meant as an actor. He had a mental breakdown. Oh, you mean breakdown. the character? That he lost his mind and thought he was Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, I see. You're, oh, oh, I see. Okay. You're talking about the, the uh, if he was the same character. Yeah, no, we're totally in the fantasy realm. Oh, here. I see. So <laughs> after after his reputation was destroyed, he thought, well, I'm going to change my name I'm to Chris only going to do good. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, my next of kin, which was actually on the, if you look at it, next of kin are his reindeer, uh, not Mrs. Claus or anyone else. The reindeer. I don't know how that works. Because he's like, fuck that bitch. She never cooks anything and I'm an asshole. I don't want her to get anything. Why is no, he Mrs. Claus died a while ago, I feel like. Why? Is she not magic like yeah. him? She doesn't live forever? Well, she's just not there. No, Mrs. Claus is always a regular woman. Is like, that he the marries curse? a different yeah, human. Is that the curse of, of Santa? Is he has to he's watch like, all of his wives die throughout time? Yeah, he's like a vampire and his wives are regular women. <laughs> So every 50 years, he marries a new woman. <laughs> now, that's why he stays active in the senior center, so he can pick up a new woman every I know, year. I know that this is hacky, <laughs> but I'm sorry. I think that after a while, I'd be like, you know what? I don't need to get, keep getting married. It's fine. No, oh, no, no it's, actually, in, the, you, it's you in the fine print of being Santa Claus, probably. That's a, a tale for another story. Yeah, because that's the sequel, <laughs> the Mrs. Claus. So I love Miracle on 34th Street because... Santa Claus speaks multiple languages. Mm-hmm. He speaks in sign language. He doesn't do anything that's outwardly magical, but he's very warm and accepting of everyone. And he gives you little hints like, oh, well, that's only going to happen in the dream world, like not in our world, right? which gives a pretty easy out for all of the magic that surrounds the story of Santa Claus and the myth and the expectations of children 
is you just put it in the dream world. Like, there's the real world. Well, obviously you couldn't see my workshop when you were at the North Pole because it's invisible, it's idiot. invisible. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. It only exists in the dream world, you dum-dum. I can't make this reindeer fly. They can only fly on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And it, <laughs> All these yeah, dummies and in the courtroom. Done, it's done in such a sweet way and such a... Um, he could be crazy, but honestly, yeah, they, he's not hurting anybody. He's only bringing joy to people's hearts, whether mm-hmm. he's the real thing or not. Like, they never definitively say it, ever, in the movie. And what I if, thought that was brilliant. Like, what if they had let him kept going and he started sounding actually crazy? Like, they're like, oh, that's, oh, yeah, that's no, sweet. I, and then he's <laughs> like, I've got yogurt stuck in my Or like, okay. <laughs> that's just gross. <laughs> yeah. I thought you would go like towards the. I like to put in my ears, Ew. or it no. keeps the d's away when I rub my together really quickly while yelling the words to. And put baloney in your shoes. And put baloney in my shoes. Classic baloney shoe moment. I love putting baloney. And they're just like, all right, please quit talking. We're trying to help you win this case. No, I thought it would be more Santa Claus related stuff where he's where he's. You know, he's being held by guys in white in a suits. gingerbread like, house. It's like, what do you know? Blitzen should go on the left. He should always be on the left. <laughs> <laughs> so the remake of this movie, I really loved the buildup and the Santa Claus. I thought he did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. The problem that I had was the love interest in that whole story. Oh, my God. I could talk like, all day about that. And the difference Dory, between the, the, the mom. Yeah, Elizabeth Perkins, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, she was so cunty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was real cunty in this movie. Yes, the the I, I it, it was almost a rage quit moment for me that that he Okay, so he, he takes her out on this date, right? And it's it's all these wonderful things and playing the Kenny G style cover of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Yeah. Which was more a love song to New York like movies are sometimes. Right, yeah. You and know, the other character in this movie was New York. Was New York, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. No, but 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 yeah, no, he 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 sweeps her off her feet and it's it's sort of implied um that they're kinda seeing each other. They've been seeing each other for months. But they've not slept together. It, well, it just it, they don't really Specify. In fact, I wasn't sure they were dating at all at first. Well, when they I went they on, were just friends. When they went on that date, she said, "You know, most men don't put up with me for this long." I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like until that moment, I was like, "Oh, I thought this was their first date." Yeah, and then yeah, and then flash forward to their date, and at the end of the date, he proposes to her, and I thought, "Oh, that's the worst." If you guys haven't bedded, <sighs> I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm an old fashioned guy, okay. But I mean, seriously, like. They've not slept together, and he's already proposing to her, which is fine. But she calls him a fool. She calls him a fool. Yeah, that's but, a brutal uh, shutdown. Before really? that, yeah. she says she she just tears him apart. Like, Out what of gave you the idea that I would remotely be interested? Like, like what a bitch! Like, yeah. even if you don't want to marry him, like that's Oof. I don't need to just destroy his. I know. His whole He's been life. so nice to you. He's been taking care of your child when Loves you're working. Your child. Yeah. Like, wow. You even said, Jeez. no man's usually put up with me for this long. We're like, what does she mean? And then that happens. We're like, oh, I get oh, it now. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what it is. <laughs> I, how could any man put up with you? That's horrible. 
But he does for some reason. I guess because the, the light is always hitting her just right. So she looks kind of angelic. Yeah, I actually have that in my notes. <laughs> uh, the weird lighting during all their internal shots. Oh, the, okay. The, it's almost like a, the romantic moment of a film noir. Very Casablanca like. Oh, you know, sure. Like, it's yeah, like yeah. the light is coming from like right here, but it's like soft and like. Well, it was also the very... 90s. That happened a lot then, but it didn't happen at all in Santa Claus. Um, the lighting was actually kind <laughs> oh. of garbage in that. Anyway, so let's just okay let's 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 close this off by saying um miracle on 34th street was a for me it was, it was you know it, it 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 was a good christmas movie um i i again like for me the the best part of it was the um was the line that they didn't cross the line of like if you've not seen here's another tim allen drop uh christmas with the cranks <laughs> which is way worse than the santa claus yeah it's it's one of the worst christmas movies ever made and that one spoiler ends with santa claus being real even though santa claus was not at all <laughs> in the equation he just randomly shows up and is real i don't remember that from that and uh well he's the umbrella salesman earlier i'll have to yeah and but at the end he he just like says he's dressed as Santa. He's like, "All right, Merry Christmas!" And then moments later, we see a sleigh ride into the sky, and then it's the end of the movie. And you're like, "Did that need to be in the That's movie?" That's in Christmas with the Cranks. Yes, Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah, and and so when you see something like that, that completely like makes you want to like throw up and ask for your money back because there's nothing in the movie that hints at being Santa Claus, and yet here's this magical moment, and you're like really mad. But this had no, no magic. Except for the the spirit uh, of this man's intentions, and um, I enjoyed that, and I thought that was great. I do wonder about the reindeer. They know him, and they live in this stable in the city that he can go visit. But why are they there? Why aren't they at the North Pole? Or it's yeah, implied, they... which also is implied in the Santa Claus, which is mm. that like Santa is like friends with all reindeer look we'll get to that in a but minute it was we're specifically comment and dancer no it's yeah i thought that was strange too because he's talking about living in the north pole but the reindeer are living at the, the zoo city. or right, they didn't explicitly say where that was did he have a we never got to see his somewhere in home. the city well, he lived he lived at the y or whatever and so like where was the y where was he petting this one reindeer but he's not y he's O. All right, moving on. It's young men. No. <laughs> young men. So uh, my favorite mo- moment of this movie yeah. was actually a line that was said in my head and not actually in the movie. Oh, please share. At the very end, <laughs> when Dylan McDermott and Elizabeth Perkins have gotten married overnight on Christmas Eve. Oh, brother. And uh, right. Mara Wilson wakes up and they go to tell her in my head. Because Dylan McDermott says, Merry Christmas, and gives her a hug. I want him to say, Merry Christmas, I'm your dad now. Because that's basically <laughs> what is happening. He's like, well, congratulations, I'm your dad. Yeah, so, they're both in robes. There's so some dishes that clearly, need to they clearly fucked. be done. And it's confirmed that they fucked. Because, because later, uh, they're talking about Susan ha- says, a baby. Yeah, she says, it's already on the way. And 
And I thought that was a sloppy way to bring that in because if they had mentioned also gross. if they'd mentioned that way earlier in the movie, it's like, okay, sure. But like literally she doesn't bring up that she had three whatevers until that moment. And of course, because the script called for it because they wanted to end on that moment, she says it and then both the parents just go, Okay, cool, yeah. And then they finish the scene, and then as she's walking up the stairs, then they go, oh, hey, what was the third thing you wished for? As if we all didn't know what she was going to say. She says a baby brother, and then she, <laughs> Elizabeth Perkins pats her stomach as if, you're right. <laughs> I can feel him already. Oh, she God, he and finished Brian, me without a condom. Yeah, they both look at her stomach, yeah. and then up, and then at. And she honestly, used a condom. honestly, I think the movie would have been great without that. I think they were kind of overdoing it with the miracleness or whatever but they didn't need that chris kringle had to accomplish all three tasks in order to get susan to believe so you're saying he went to a dylan mcdermott's house pumped his sperm out and injected it into elizabeth perkins while she was asleep i'll say this uh you know we're all talking about <laughs> or you guys are promise. talking about how great this movie is i'm saying uh, he hired a doctor I, this this movie it was awesome was not the 1947 version. No, no. The, the, uh, it had good things about it and some stupid things about it. It only gets three out of five sleigh bells from me. Three out of five from sleigh bells? Three? Are yeah. we rating movies again? <laughs> I, this, I am. I just chose that rating system. It's going to be different. a different rating system for Santa Claus. Well, you know what? I give it, I give it six out of the eight reindeer. Okay, six out of eight reindeer. So we're close, close. Yeah, yeah, six out of eight reindeer. Actually, I give it seven. I get it seven out of ten elves. Seven out of ten oh, elves. Okay, okay. Seven out of 10 we're elves. around the same. Yeah. So we thought that was pretty good. Oh, maybe not. On to the next contender, Leslie. Since we chose Santa Claus for you to watch. Would you do us the honor of reading the back of the box summary? It would be my pleasure. (laughs) On Christmas Eve, divorced father Scott Calvin and his son Charlie discover the current Mr. Claus has fallen off their roof. When Scott dons Santa's suit, he unwittingly triggers the Santa Claus and they are immediately whisked away to the North Pole to take on the role of old jolly saint nick and relive all the joy of this holiday classic in a whole new way in a disney high definition (laughs) so of course it is that implies that they're going to experience it oh yeah it does um in in this they're watching this blu-ray the characters i definitely added the word and in there so i'd be happy to to revisit that description (laughs) however um, the Disney high definition ruins this holiday classic. <laughs> so how so? <laughs> Please go on. Whoever was in charge of special effects <laughs> did not make this movie well enough to stand the test of time because they are awful. Oh, so sure. whoever did the puppeteering for the the reindeer. They did an all right job. Like, it's passable, mm, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the actual sleigh leaving the roof, going into the sky, 
Oh my, it is so bad. Well, you know, it's it's bad when they're just standing still from a distance on the roof mm-hmm. and at night. Now, yeah. while, while we're saying this doesn't stand the test of time, I think that it's important to note that it didn't even size up by 1994 standards. No. Lest we forget the Frighteners mm-hmm. came out two years later. It came out in 1996, and those special effects hold up. You know what? I would be so bold to even go further because Jurassic Park oh, wow, came yeah. out before this movie. True oh, 92, that. right? Yeah. 93. 93, yeah. 93 um, for Jurassic Park. I said yeah to both of them. That's how clever I am. Um, but no, yeah. And, and that was also uh, at night. Well, some of them were day shots, and the, the day shots looked good. The, the idea is that it's easier to do CGI at night because there's less light. But they have day shot dinosaurs, that and CGI those still look better than the night CGI in this movie. The CGI in Jurassic yeah. Park still looks fucking Oh, great. yeah. It's still frightening. But you watch this, and you're like, this looks like a made-for-television movie with the special effects. The yeah. Santa Claus was a must-watch Christmas movie for me until my, I think, 30th year of being alive. Of being alive. Not and when you were 30, but your 30th anniversary of being alive. Same. <laughs> and we put it on our new television because we got one of those high-definition televisions, and it was unwatchable. Uh, whatever it is. <laughs> the Santa Claus does not work on it. <laughs> it ruined it for us. Ruined it. I, we watched it and we were like, this is funny at times when it should not be funny. Could not watch more than 20 minutes. Yeah, we couldn't even get through it the first time we tried to rewatch it when we got the new TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So this was a real slog for you guys this time around. So, so this movie starts by showing Scott Calvin, our main character, right? Yeah. And uh, basically showing that he's a total piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh. Unlike in Jingle All the Way which we talked about in a previous episode where the implication at the beginning is you think they're going to show the father, you know, fucking around at the company Christmas party, but he's actually working really hard. Yeah. No, in the Santa Claus, he really is fucking around at the company Christmas party Well, and giving a, a quick two-minute speech, and then he's driving on empty roads pretending talking to his ex-wife that there's traffic that's not very ladylike <laughs> yeah same to you yelling out yeah well, yelling like, out sitcom one-liners there's a lot to unpack with that alone one yes he's a terrible father and he's dicking around at the christmas thing and but what's what's strange is that he's um making the phone call on the way there but there's no traffic. Right. So, he's just honking his horn and yelling. Right, and to make it like seem like, traffic. oh, he's like, oh, it's a parking lot out here. And in my head, I'm thinking, this call should have been made while he was at the party. Because if he's on the way there and there's no traffic, is how is get he... get there really quick. What is he buying time for? Unless he's like in New Jersey and he hits that. the You're meet. Because right. it's like, he, there's no traffic, then why is he calling while he's on the way there? It should take a minute. Should Unless call he's like an town. hour before and say, yeah. oh, there's a ton of traffic. Exactly. I'm going to be super late. And on top of that, yeah, he's a like shitty father of the year because apparently, you know, after the fact, this is his moment to have his son 
which he purportedly loves. He has him on Christmas Eve only for the mother to pick him up the next morning? By sunrise. By sunrise. So that means he's like, oh, you have you have your son that you are supposed to love. You have him for nine hours. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. And as soon as what? he arrives at your place, you're going to open the cookbook and start cooking something. Yeah. A turkey dinner from scratch. Which, which we have to assume is like at midnight because he just came from an office party. We also have to assume that that turkey is made out of diesel fuel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or some kind of fluid. magical because flammable substance. The turkey right. won't it, it, stop catching fire. And uh, for those of you who are home cooks, professional chefs, I think we can all agree that uh, turkeys don't catch on fire. So I'm not sure if he like basted it in lighter fluid. He might have basted it. To, to... Does anyone even realize how long it takes to make that stuff? I didn't even... <laughs> Whoa, we got a little uh, <laughs> a maldrobe reforction. Do you know what I was trying to say? A maldrobe reforction? No. Wardrobe malfunction. Oh. There we go. That's staying in. And for those of you who've made a turkey dinner before, you know that kind of thing takes a really long time. I didn't even do one for Thanksgiving this year. What are you talking about? You just throw a frozen full turkey in the stove, and 30 minutes later, it's on fire. And then continues (laughs) to catch on fire after you've already distinguished it. You know what? I can overlook that. That's that's a gag. There are so many worse things. here's, Here's the thing, though. The reason that gag happens is to set Tim Allen up for more hacky sitcom style oh, lines. Sure. So yeah. bad. They're so sarcastic and mean spirited. But not just that. Yeah. It's not like he's just mean. They're just not funny. They're just hacky, sure. stupid jokes. Like when they go to Denny's and uh, there's a, a bunch of Asian businessmen there because they don't celebrate Christmas. And. <laughs> She says, are you with the... Oh, and they say the name of the party, and yeah. he says, I burned the turkey. And she goes, uh, or dad burned the turkey. And she goes, yeah. oh yeah, follow me. When they sit down, and he's looking around at the other dads, and he makes eye contact with the one, he's like, burn the turkey. And he's got a bandage. And he's got a bandage, like, oh, <laughs> get it? Because men are so inept that we can't uh, cook a turkey without it catching you know, on fire I mean, and that, burning that's, ourselves. That, and... That's fine. That's fine. Well, like, I'm not, like, again, offended. There's... I'm not, no, no, I'm not offended. I, it's just not funny. It's no, just no, a no. stupid yeah. joke. I agree it's not funny. Not but a, I would never be offended by something so silly. But something just... like that, it's like... Okay, sure. Because because when you when you look at everything else that's happening, uh, this is you know it's so much worse. Like the fact that they're clearly at a Denny's and it's 1994, so we know that Denny's probably had to pay for the spot. Right. But it's like the California. Everybody likes Denny's. It's an it's an American institution. But it's the yeah yeah he, he he literally says like you know oh Denny he's he he says something great about it. But it's the California raisin situation in Back to the Future. Do you know what, what? I'm talking about? Where yeah. California raisins they they uh, paid for advertising in Back to the Future, and and so it was on a park bench. But it's that moment when Marty travels back to the future, and there's a homeless guy sleeping on the bench, and they didn't like that. They didn't like that a homeless guy was sleeping on a bench that was advertising them. I think this is that same situation where. You, it, it's a product placement for Denny's, but then you get there and it's like, 
Oh, we're out of chocolate milk. Oh, we're out of oh, we're, well, we're out of, we're out of apple pie. Oh, we're out of apple pie, and it's and, like and oh, your waitress geez. is surly. And... Yeah, she's very surly. It's so like oh, that doesn't sell like good advertising yeah. for Denny's. <laughs> so and and including the Denny scene, but before that, it's very much established. And this is back to what uh, I, I believe you said, Leslie, when you said by sunrise, and that's it. That's the line is the kid is hugging his mom and saying, "Do I have to stay?" You're picking me up in the morning, early. We're talking sun up, you're here. And you're like, God. like Because this is the really the first view we're seeing into their family dynamic. And yeah. it's overwhelmingly clear that Scott Calvin is a liar, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, a terrible fucking father. Oh, mm-hmm. God even, even in Liar, Liar... Jim Carrey was a terrible father, but his son loved spending time with him and hanging out with him. Because he did the least, claw. Least, he had yeah, something. At least he, he like, had, had, something. Some, yeah. had some cute things with the son, but Scott Calvin's just like, yeah, come in. All right. Well, sorry, I burned the turkey. Let's go to fucking Denny's, I guess. Sorry I'm late. I was at my company party, but whatever. The first time Scott Calvin gives <laughs> any name. indication that he loves his son at all is after they've made it to the North Pole, <laughs> he's had the fancy hot chocolate, he's got the pajamas. Even though he's lactose intolerant. And he goes to bed <laughs> and looks at his son and touches his cheek like, oh, I do love you. That hot chocolate obviously had some rum in it. <laughs> he did not love his son is, overtly until he had become Santa Claus. That is one Which he third denied. of the way through the film, by the way, because I took note of it. Oh, you know what? Yes, I was very surprised to look at the runtime, uh, not, not at this moment, but a little later. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I don't even know. It's it's it's. I wouldn't call it a fever dream, but it, it was kind of like... You don't know where it's headed, kind of feeling when you're watching a movie. Um, I, th- I want to say it was around the time, like it, he was definitely had white hair and beard. It was around that time, and I was thinking, okay, so where uh, where are we? And it was like, holy shit, we're like in Act Three. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> right, it's almost over, and uh, it's so. Yeah, like the, the structure was a little strange. You know I wouldn't what? say it was bad. I would just say it was There's different. a reason for that, Jono, and it's because the timeline of events was never made clear. No, it was Never rushed. explained. You have no idea like, oh, so it's now it's been a, a year already? And like when Bernard shows up to, you know, pick uh, him and Charlie up, it's like, oh, it's Thanksgiving, I guess? So then... Charlie's yeah. kidnapped for a month because he did. Yes, yeah. yes, that is real. And yeah. like the FBI is <laughs> not involved. It's just some cops because he's gone for a full month and a day or whatever, whatever uh, Thanksgiving fell on that year. But uh, but yeah, he's just gone. Like and and the movie doesn't treat it as such. Obviously, there's like no. It made it they seem have like that to, was Christmas Eve. Yes, because it happened so quick. Um, I mean. <sighs> They don't necessarily do a montage, but they do play that ZZ Top song. Give me song. all your loving. I made a note of that too. 
Which... Yeah, why are we playing Give Me All Your Lovin'? That doesn't make any sense. What's Give Me All that... Your Lovin', Santa? That, that was so wild to see when that happened. Because we've given you a completely flame-retardant suit. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the and, old James Bond. Charlie, who's a little child, is all of a sudden a gifted mechanic. So he and I are working together to make your sleigh fly better. Because his child is now somehow able to work on fantasy <laughs> mechanics. So his son is like Stephen Hawking brilliant quantum. Sure. I- hey, Mom. I'm at the North Pole. I'm working on my dad's Santa sleigh. It's great. Everything's fine. Okay, I'll see you later. Bye. It works based on a fission reactor, which obviously I had to subtract the <laughs> molar mass of the... Yeah, like, What? He didn't say that, but he should have. They, yeah, they yeah. super gloss over that situation because um, you know you have Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, which takes things like pretty realistically, you know, give or take. But in this, opposite. but in this, it's just full bonkers. Like the movie at least stays uh, somewhat true to reality as far as this reality goes, because you know he's getting fatter and he's he's like, oh, you know, I I eat sweets. I'm I'm, I'm Santa. And you kind of see him being nicer, like I thought that was kind of weird. I don't think I don't think they sold that very well, but it looked like the Santaness was taking over in a in a um, in a way that he was against it. And he's like, "Oh, I'm not Santa Claus. I'm not Santa Claus. Oh, I got this list. Oh, there's Jimmy. He's good. Oh, there's Billy. Oh, he's no good. And it's like, but Veronica has well, been really Veronica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love when he makes that lascivious comment, and then Jeez. she says, "In your dreams, sleigh boy." Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's sleazy and weird, but it makes you kind of question the character because he's defiant against him being Santa, literally up until Charlie throws him the snow globe. That's the moment when he turns, but you see evidence of him just succumbing to the whole like, "Yes, I'm Santa." Yes, I'm doing this. Yes. No, I'm not. Yes. I I don't think they sold that very well, the dichotomy or him pulling the string like and again that that might be miscasting, that might be script issue, directing well, issue. Okay, so here's the thing. I, I have a lot of problems that stem from this basic thing that you're talking about. <laughs> and uh listeners, I wish you could see the huge list of notes I made for this movie, and we we won't get to all of them because this would be a three-hour-long podcast about this terrible movie if, if we did that. But uh, So this whole thing about him not believing he's Santa Claus, I mean, he ends up in Santa's workshop. And, you know, we all know those dreams when you wake up and you're like, wow, that felt really real. But it's not like I'm like, was I really there? Did that really happen? I thought that was so dumb. Usually. You've also and- never woken up with the pajamas. I've never woken up with strange pajamas. <laughs> That's also well. I mean, I have. I, I you know, even Nancy I, pulled. I used substances a lot when my in my twenties. Even Nancy pulled Freddy Krueger's hat into the real world and thought, "Oh, this is fucking real." Right, <laughs> she didn't right. deny that. <laughs> so when he when Santa Claus first dies in front of him, which morbid. Yeah, he says he says the word movie. "kill" like uh, Charlie. He says you killed Santa Claus. I thought that was kind of weird that there's the word "kill" was in a Disney movie, but it was the 1994. So all this is going on, and then Santa Claus is gone from the suit, 
and he says, "Oh, he must be running around naked somewhere." And he's st- <laughs> like, yeah, he, "He still should call nine one one." Yeah, there's no- <laughs> He's like, "Well, I guess I'll just climb." Up. I'll just wear his. Cl- Charlie was like, "You should wear I'll just his clothes." Climb up on the roof, sure. and and all Charlie has to say to really convince him is, "How come everything I want to do is stupid?" I hated this movie like, so fucking like, much. Well, okay, like this is he had to be a, he needed to be a parent, and be like, well, look, this is actually dangerous and stupid. I we don't know what's going on here. This is crazy. <laughs> That's a moment to be like, look, I'm sorry, some Santa Claus is not real. This is something fucked up's going on here Char- right now. Charlie was so it, that's his name, right? I'm not mm-hmm. saying okay, yeah. Charlie was so accepting of what was happening, like a little well, too a much, kid. a little too much. I thought it would have been fun if he also because his dad sucks. He thought, oh, this is strange. I don't know, like something. Because he was so into it that it was annoying. And that's not the adult in me being mad because I just watched two versions of Miracle on 34th Street (laughs) and I thought both of those kids were adorable as shit. Right. No, it was annoying that he just took to it as if he read the script. And I know, literally, of course, he's an actor, but I'm saying I shouldn't <laughs> feel like he read a script. I should feel like he's a character and like, oh, he's cool. Um, but also, it feels like the whole story came from Charlie's brain in the first place because the original poem goes, arose such a clatter. I fucking hate But that. Charlie thinks it says, a rose such a Ladder, and that's how he perceives it, and I totally get that because I was and there he said as a it kid. Arose such a ladder, but the the name was Arose such a ladder. Yeah, company. and yeah, that was the worst. It's so joke stupid. Movie. It makes it seem like all of this comes from Charlie's brain. Like he's crazy, and he's in a he's in a the whole <laughs> no, movie like is him in a, a mental institution. And he's <laughs> imagining the whole thing. I I thought they didn't need that joke though. No, it was dumb. Arose such a ladder comp- like that like I wanted to rage quit the movie right then and there. there a lot of rage quit near rage quit <laughs> moments in this movie but- only because if it, if it would if it was its own thing I would have been like ha huh, that's kind of funny but the fact that literally like fucking 5 minutes before that they had that conversation of yeah. what does that mean oh it means this oh it means this oh what's a cl- and they just fucking destroyed that so it's either you have one or the other right if you either have both you know english or you're making <laughs> shit up that magically becomes true yeah and that leads us to the creepiest part of this movie that's right there's a creepier part of this movie than tim allen tim allen in his boxer shorts he arrives <laughs> with charlie to the north pole and the elves have just been patiently awaiting the arrival of their new master because they're some kind of creepy weird cult where they are like, ah, Santa has died and now there's a new master elf. Yeah, there's no attachment to the previous one. Like, they, he doesn't walk in and they're like, oh, something happened to Santa. They're just like, oh yeah, this is the new Santa. This the old one must yeah, have died. Just, Great, this is our new master. This happens every year or so. Right. So get in line. <laughs> She's so creepy. And they're all kids, which... Um, I'm fine with that. Like, cause typically when they do elves, it's they they hire little people actors and they they use kid like I've seen kids be elves before in in film and shows and film I don't and know shows? I, I thought it was kind of cool because it's it, there's something cute about seeing a little uh like nine year old 
And she's all snarky and being like, oh, well, I'm 1,200 years old. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's kind of adorable. Yeah, I don't she's know. like, I have pair of sh- pairs of shoes older than you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's fine as long as it's a one-off, but there were multiple Santa Clauses, and I'm fairly certain the same Bernard was in Santa Claus too, and he aged, which does not make sense. <laughs> Speaking of the cast, I want to shout out to one of the actors' performance in particular, and that is... The great Jordan. Judge Reinhold. I wish because he was so just so uh, monotone and he no, just yeah, droned the whole time. He played the character very well. I just wish he was more important. And what I mean yeah. by that, I, I wish there was more humility to his character, more levity. Because even in ooh, even in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, remember the prosecutor. Who was a total asshole, and he was like, "Oh, Santa Claus is not real." Who this could have been a lot prosecutor, if you know what I mean. Future John, you know what to do. Um, <laughs> no, it's that like he, he was the bad guy, right? But at the end of it, when you know he loses, what does he do? He saves Has face sex with the mom. He sa- oh. he shakes hands with the, uh, with Dylan McDermott. And then he says to good, Chris Kringle, good trial. Yeah, he says, congratulations. And he says, hey, listen, just, you know, Mike, you know, our, our house is at this address. And it was, you know, like, and I thought that was yeah. adorable because it's like, oh, it wow, was. yeah, that's cool. But in this, Judge Reinhold kind of didn't get a, I'm the new father and I'm good. He got a weenie whistle. But he's, and he says, Yay. a weenie whistle. But yeah. he hadn't believed in Santa Claus since he was three years old. That makes you question why they don't explain it. Why did uh, mom not get the mystery date? Why did Judge Reinhold not get the weenie whistle? Why did they get it now? Just because Tim Allen is the fucking Santa Claus now? Right. And now that they're adults, right? they still want a weenie whistle and a mystery date game? It was, it was to prove that he's Oh, real. I get it. How bad were they as children? Yeah, that's what, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, weenie whistles cost like 25 cents or something. Back then... That's what, yeah. Now you get them on eBay for like thirty bucks. Still, thirty bucks pretty reasonable for a Christmas gift. Not for a weenie whistle. Though. Not for a weenie whistle. It's gold plated. <laughs> gold plated weenie whistles. No, they are made of tin. <laughs> Jono, we should start selling gold plated weenie whistles. Gold plated weenie. What would the They're website? They're modeled after our ween. Huh. Hmm. What would the website be called? Gold plated weenie whistles dot com. dot com. <laughs> GP Double Dub. Come on down to GP Double Dub. Just put it on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to be an Oscar Mayer wiener. Two of the Santa moments where Scott Calvin is becoming Santa Claus and it's causing him a little trouble in his daily life. The the When he goes to work? First one jogging is when he suit? goes to work in the jogging suit, and he's like, oh, I got stung by a bee, and all my clothes <laughs> went up in flames at the dry cleaners. Like, you know someone's lying when they have multiple explanations for one situation. Also, I'll take a creme brulee and a chocolate sundae and a slice of cheesecake okay. and some cookies. Right, oh, so but it's Caesar salad with no dressing. <laughs> So he, he walks in, and after he takes off his coat, his boss says, Scott, your weight. 
And I was like, what a terrible work environment where your boss in front of all your coworkers says, oh my God, what happened to your fat, disgusting body? He He's also concerned. gained 45 pounds in one week. Yeah, but you take him aside Very and say, possible. hey, are you okay? What's going on? Which he does, but not after mocking him in front of his coworkers. <laughs> and that's before he orders all that sugary shit. So the other mm-hmm. Santa Claus morph bleeding into his daily life that I want to talk about is when Scott Calvin goes to see his doctor who is again very unprofessional very unprofessional yeah. he like makes jokes about his weight which if you're a doctor don't do that unless they're friends but it's not established if they're still friends. I don't want my friends poking my belly and talking about what a fatty fat I am. I'll remember to stop doing also, that. Also, thank you. And then also, his doctor, like, here's his super irregular heartbeat. <laughs> and it's like, huh, that's fine. Yeah, and he's like, I've gained 45 pounds in a week. And his doctor's like, well, what's your diet like? Well, you just got to lay off the sweets. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, if the doctor can't find anything wrong with you, you gained 45 pounds in a week. And your hair is growing in on your face as quickly as you can shave it. Your doctor needs to send you to a specialist. Well, maybe it's just hormones. Yeah, he, yeah. he's like, oh, you know, my hair is turning gray. Middle age, buddy, it happens. No, he should know that he's lactose intolerant. And yet he's drinking. They do not. They do not establish this. If they would have just had one line. Just one line of Tim Allen saying, yeah, I'm supposed to be lactose intolerant, but I've been craving milk and it's, you know, it's been fine. And I've just no. been shitting constantly. He drinks the, the fucking hot chocolate that Judy right. provides. I actually think I know the answer. I think it's just not established in the film. It's just not, yeah. I think that, that when he says he's lactose intolerant to that little girl, I think he's just being an asshole to her and trying to get her off his back. And he's saying, well, I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, I don't, I don't think he really oh. is. I think he's just saying that because he's a dick, and he's like, "Then yeah, the delivery, the, the delivery was bad." Yeah, yeah, they still don't ever explain that, or they don't. Yeah, but going it. back to the point that he did not love his son until he was Santa Claus, maybe it's the same magical occurrence that he could not process milk or dairy until he was Santa Claus. It's kind of explained in the lyrics of the classic Billy Gibbons song, Give Me All Your Lovin', which is played <laughs> uh, as they're walking through the hallway getting ready to... Uh, that upset me You know what so would have even much. made more sense? There's even another ZZ Top song that would have made better sense. Sharp Dressed Man would have made more sense because yeah. he was like getting a new uniform and stuff. No, they they thought, hey, them doing the arm thing, like, oh yeah, that's like, gonna look good in the trailer. Well tush, <laughs> or no, uh, I'm per- just looking for some tush, or maybe bah, bah, bah. pearl necklace, or <laughs> pearl necklace. <laughs> I mean, speaking of trailer, if you look at the back of the box here of the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. remastered, you see that's mine, baby. Tim Allen in a red skin suit, wrapped up. Oh, yeah. It's long underwear, skin tight, but it's skin tight. He's it's on his side tight. with his hand under his head. Yeah. Like a woman laid out. And an ad for like a porno do you, number. Do you not think that gave me confusing Phone feelings number. as a young man? Sex line. <laughs> with Christmas lights wrapped around his Maybe he's body. into that. I mean, it's like an S&M light. I'm Bringing sure. it back real quick. I also thought for a second. So 
When this movie started, Charlie had no interest being around his dad. But None. When yeah. his dad became Santa, all of a sudden he was inconsolable with the thought of leaving his dad. So really, like, if your dad is a piece of shit, <laughs> all he needs to do is become Santa. Right. He's a shitty, shallow father with a shitty, shallow kid. No, yeah, that's that's where the message gets lost for me. Because, uh, you know, when all things are said and done, I, I went into this movie knowing it was a bad movie, right? And so it, it takes a lot to change your mind. Like when you go into something with negative feelings, you're going to have negative feelings about it. But I will say halfway through the movie, I felt better about the movie. No lie. Um, I, I, I hated the kid because I feel like most kid actors, except for Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood, were terrible in the 90s. I did not like this kid at all, like because I because like I said, he he was super complaining, super gung ho in in a weird scripty way, not in a real childlike way. But midway through the movie, I kind of I halfway came around, and same thing with Tim Allen. Like I thought his acting was super hacky. Yeah, but when he he was became, Tim the Toolman Taylor in yeah. a red suit, and I mean, they he was and, absolutely they were like. This is a home improvement vehicle. Yeah, they even made a sort of reference to it, which I thought was great that they made a visual reference, but not a uh, verbal reference. Was res- when he was at uh, Santa's workshop, he f- he saw a little kid's tool uh, belt, and he picked it up and and tried to put it around him. And I thought, oh, that's clearly a fun little visual reference that, oh, he's Tim it's the a Tool fun Man. Little Tim. meta, but whatever. Anyway, connection like thing. I was saying, like the movie got better for me, but that's not to say that it was good. I'm sure. just, I'm just saying that it got better as I watched it, I which is rare. Which is rare when I go into a movie wanting to hate it. <laughs> I think as soon as Tim Allen became Santa Claus and was no longer the piece of shit Scott Calvin, the movie got better because mm-hmm. Scott Calvin was pessimistic and had stupid one-liners that were just He wasn't a character. Horrible and contrived. His character was Tim Allen. Yeah. And yeah, they were the worst. They made no sense in context. He had no sympathy for anyone mm-hmm. in his existence. It was just dumb. Mm-hmm. And once he became Santa Claus, he became a relatable, loving, wholesome character. And the movie got better. <laughs> there were still faults with the movie, but at least it was, you know, the magic was a little more believable then. Oh, sure. It just goes to show you, if you develop a rare glandular problem and have a weird job and you get really fat and shitty and your body is dying, you start to appreciate the people around you a little bit more. No, well, sure. Just don't be an asshole. No, the no, lesson... I'm just kidding. I just mean, as soon as like he got fat and had an irregular heartbeat, he was like, I should make peace with everyone in my life. Oh, oh that's it's a really that. good Tim Allen impression. Thank you. <laughs> Well, then we've got to talk about Santa being arrested. 
Yes, let, let's yes. stuck in jail. Let's close. Let, let's close it up because yeah, he. So yeah, he kidnapped his son, uh, intentionally or no. He kidnapped him for a month, and that's a big deal. And so when he comes back and drops him off, well, and since he crossed state lines, that is technically a federal crime. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, he crossed world lines because uh, he went to so a. That's an international place. crime. Yes, it's an. <laughs> yeah, that's technically technically right. Um, he gets arrested by police, and immediately, immediately, everyone in the neighborhood is outside. Parents and kids, and they're all fully dressed. They're not in their pajamas. This is supposed to be like 2 a.m.? I mean, it's supposed to be the middle of the night. I'm going to guess it's supposed to be more like 9 p.m., but... But Santa Claus still. doesn't go out that early. But he went Not to... Not to America. But he went to their house early because Charlie asked him to. Is that canon? Did I miss that, I think? Yep. He did specifically say... He said, can we go to Mom and Neil's house next? And he said, sure. He said, Next! So they went there early. <laughs> That's how you fucking... <laughs> yeah. All right, you know what? I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. If they went there early, let's say they did go there at 9 p.m., okay? Uh, that is still strange that everyone in the neighborhood was out fully... Like, like, that's the first thing I noticed. They were fully dressed. If some of them were in pajamas or at least a makeshift, like I'm wearing a coat over my nightie, Sure. No, they all look like they just came from like Sears or something. But also they all knew that Charlie had been missing for a month and his dad was supposedly Santa Claus. Are you trying to say <laughs> this movie makes sense and is good? No, I'm saying if you are a child watching this movie. Which I am. There is an element of believability that you can kind of fit in. But I'm not a child make watching this movie. I'm an adult, and they need to make movies for kids, but also believable for adults, is what I'm trying to All say. All Santa movies are for children. Santa um. is arrested and then has another, like, hacky but actually moderately funny moment when he's being interrogated, and he says, when I say name, you say Scott Calvin, and he just keeps saying all the different <laughs> names for Santa Claus. It's very hacky, but I was like, for a kid's movie... Yeah, okay, like that's that's decent for a kid's movie joke. And Wait, then, I think you pronounced that wrong. You meant that's ripping off Miracle on 34th Street uh-huh. where they did the same gag. Yeah. Where they say, what is your name? And he says, oh, I go by many names. Chris Kringle, St. Nick, Santa Claus. Saint, or if you're Dutch, Sinterklaas. Which Grand sounds Noel. like Santa. I would Noel. say it's less of a ripoff and more of an homage. Oh, sure. It's an homage. Not. So then we get to the point where Santa has to be emancipated from jail by the elves. By the elf squad. The ELF. Apparently, you and I have a very different opinion of uh, these characters. The main elf character... First of all, the ELFS thing is stupid for multiple reasons, but Mm -hmm. we'll we'll get into that. I mean, I'll agree with that. It's not how you spell elves, first of all. I thought the acronym, I I did not like it and I did not hate it. I just it thought was it was reaching. It, it was what it was. was. Very much reaching. But do you absolutely. even know what it stands for? Oh man, we talked about you it. You don't when even we know, it. right? Because no, it was so it, contr- it was so convoluted. We were just like, uh, I don't remember. It stands for emergency leadership 
fun. No, yeah, right. Great. No, no. They Santa. say what it is. I so the lead, it. the lead member it, it, of this elite squad, they were like, "Hey, it's okay. Take my hand." He wasn't a Take fucking valley boy. He was just like he was just like I'm the coolest kid in not school. He was seriously more charismatic. He was more charismatic than Charlie was as an actor. That's what. Uh, that's why I thought. That's why I thought. That's why I liked him because he was like, "Oh hey, hey, I'm a cool kid. You're a cool kid too. Let's do this." Like, Tinsel, I don't not know. just for decoration. I mean, <laughs> speaking from speaking from uh, line. Speaking from Leslie's point of view. If I was a kid and I was watching that, I would think, "Oh, that kid is super cool. I like that kid. I I think he's cool." Charlie's acting was very wide-eyed and stupid and dumb and he sucked. I mean, realistically, anytime there's a question of is Santa Claus real or not, we're obviously coming from a child's point of view. I thought Charlie did a great job. I thought he was very believable. He was totally like, no, dad, this is what we saw. He's obviously getting, like, beaten up at school because... (laughs) That's not ever mentioned. (laughs) That's implied. That's not implied that he's getting beaten up. He's just having a... His principal's just concerned that he believes. To be fair, I believe it. (laughs) No kid who... Tells everyone that his dad is Santa Claus for real is not getting beaten up. Oh, you school. know what? I agree with that because during career day, he was so sure. He, he was, was so, so sure. sure. Like, and all the kids thought he was nuts. No, that's not true. He made a fool out of himself at career day. So you're just putting together, like, yeah, then he got the shit beaten out of him. That's he made- why he wanted to go with his dad at Thanksgiving. So he could be, be out of school for months. I want to be around all these kids and beat the shit out of me. To escape, to escape the horror that is his mom and stepdad. But the whole point of this was to ask you what your opinion was of oh, that of, stupid of, elf kid of that I want to punch. Of the cute, like, well-acted boy from the elf squad. Oh, not, oh, that not guy? Bernard. Yeah, that little boy. I don't know. I felt like that was a fleeting <laughs> moment that... Did not deserve too Come much here, attention. What are you talking hand. about? Like, I don't even know who he... He probably did nothing else after this, and... and That's true. But <laughs> Don't worry. We're the good guys. Don't worry. We're the good guys. I don't know. I thought that was fine. It reminded me of drag queens for some reason. Because he was androgynous. That's what I'm saying. I guess you're right. And and for me, I... I Which I, is fine. It's, I do like androgyny. I don't yeah, know why. I don't why. have any problem I, with the androgyny. I, but, the, the problem I have is, is stupid attitude. So my problem with <laughs> all of those kids was their flight. Because... um. So this took place over a period of, I don't know, two and a half minutes. Where they were taking <laughs> flight. And like... Some of them were lifting their arm and bending their leg like they were Superman. I noticed that, and too. And some of them were just, like, holding all their limbs out like they were just being hung by a string on their back. A wire. And right. wire yep. string. You know what I mean. <laughs> Anywho, there was no it's rhyme or reason wire. to <laughs> the, the dance of flying. Like it I was think it was just, a callback to Peter Pan, maybe because Peter it, Pan. They did tried it on the stage show, but there was no definitive. This is how you do it. It was such a oh, so you're saying mix. So, so this is more, this is more of a commentary on 
on the workmanship of this particular group. No, like the direction. Or the, exactly. Oh, or not choreographer. Oh, I see. I thought you were talking about within they the fiction. They should have decided, how do you fly, instead of telling these kids, oh, you're flying. Do whatever you do when you fly. The message, yeah, the message is when you're young at like, heart. There was you, no real direction. You fly however, whatever gets the job done. You're going to say that uh, there's a better way to swim than... How Mark Spitz does it? I'm just saying, when you are representing flight in... (laughs) I didn't realize you were a swim athlete nerd. And and beings have some kind of rule or... You know who that is. He's a swimmer. Regularity. I don't know. Look, weird. All right, Look. Leslie votes the same as me. She hates that kid. Whatever. That's all right, I, you know what? Let, <laughs> I all right. Don't well, hate we're the kid. we're getting to the you, end. You know, it was implied that you do. We're the kids the... make these movies. No, that kid in particular <laughs> made this movie worse. No, John Hughes made this movie. He is no kid, but he puts a he lot of kids make, in his movies. He didn't make this movie. Mm-hmm. He didn't make Santa Claus. It was a John Hughes. Oh, I'm thinking no, of Miracle. He made Mir- the remake yeah, sorry. of Miracle. He did the Miracle. I apologize. Have another shot. <laughs> I don't think I... So I think that basically the main thread of this is that uh, we hated Scott Calvin as a human being. Yeah, he was the worst. Yes. And... He was un- unredeemable. Irredeemable. Well, we are now at the killing floor. <laughs> I don't know how we got here, but I am introducing it. Uh, so... It comes down to these two movies <laughs> that we picked and watched. <laughs> it comes down to it is the 1994 the Miracle on 34th Street or the 1994 The Santa Claus. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to our guest, our special guest Leslie Hartman, to pick which of these movies is her champion. Which one are you going with? So. <laughs> If you had asked me 20 years ago. 30. 20. 25. I probably would have said the Santa Claus because you got to see Santa's workshop. And <laughs> there was so much magic that was just like available on screen. Except for the magic of CGI. Exactly. So these days, as a, as a more grown up. I really feel like the Miracle on 34th Street takes the prize because magic is implied, but Santa Claus loves everyone and it's apparent. And I don't believe the Santa Claus in the Santa Claus. I believe the Santa Claus in the Miracle on 34th Street. He wants everyone to be happy and fulfilled on Christmas Day, and Tim Allen doesn't give a shit. So, yeah. i go Miracle okay. on 34th okay. Street. Okay, Miracle on 34th Street. You heard it here. <laughs> uh, Conrad. So, I... Man, I, I'm having a huge dilemma with this uh, because the remake of Miracle on 34th Street was really great and there were a lot of wonderful moments but it also had a lot of moments that made me really fucking mad and a couple of moments that were left out of from the left out from the original film that were important sure Um, most of the acting was serviceable but there were some moments where it was bad the Santa Claus had a lot of really bad moments but also had some fun moments too I, I gotta say 
just by Rudolph's nose, it's going to be Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, well, if if we are both half a vote because of us. Right, that's you know, right. Yeah, We're that's both true. half yeah, a vote. So, yeah, I'm the so, so, yeah, it could be a tie still. Uh, I, I enjoyed a lot of the remake with uh, Matilda and Richard Attenborough. And um, there were some things that were like, yeah, that doesn't work. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't buy the relationship with uh, Elizabeth Perkins and um, McDermott. Yeah. Lots of issues with that. I thought Richard Attenborough did just, I, I feel like that's probably the only equal for both movies is, mm-hmm. is his performance as Santa Claus is on par with, um, I'm spacing on his name, but the gentleman who, who won, an Academy Award for his performance in uh, the original, actually. Um, and I, yeah, I, I thought it was amazing. The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Uh, <laughs> I I went, and, and this is kind of rare for a movie with me. Like sometimes you go into a movie with a feeling, and I went into this movie with a bad feeling. I thought, all right, time to watch this bad movie. It's only 90 minutes, whatever. And I instantly did not like it for the first half. The second half, I felt better about it and thought, okay, this is where it's turning. I thought it, I thought it was kind of nice. Tim Allen's performance of Santa Claus for 20% of the movie was good. Who was the mom? It doesn't matter. Miracle on 34th Street <laughs> is the winner in my eyes. Unanimous it's, decision. Yeah, it's, but- it's a better movie. As I've said many times, I, I have a problem with Santa Claus is real in fiction because he's clearly real in the Santa Claus. Uh, and so people not believing him makes no sense. Right. Uh, but in Miracle on 34th Street, they towed the line. And I thought that was a brilliant way to execute uh, Santa Claus being yeah. real. Um, so good job, Richard. Uh, try again <laughs> next time, Tim Allen. Uh, he did a couple. Don't times, try it again ever. He did no. a couple sequels. Just go so. away. Yeah, just, just take your Trump stop. loving ass out of here. Uh-huh. Well, folks, you heard it here. It is Miracle on 34th Street by a landslide. 1994. 1994. But 47 would have won anyway. That's also true. By an even, <laughs> even bigger landslide. By a bigger landslide. But wait a minute. What about Miracle? What about 47 versus 94? <gasps> 47. Uh, so. Future episodes. <laughs> so, uh, th- this has been an enjoyable experiment for the most part experience <laughs> half of it was definitely fun <laughs> yes exactly the exactly half. half the other half was just slugging through uh <laughs> hey if you have any ideas for future battles or if you have some feedback for us in general shoot us an email over to battles at filmfightspodcast.com make sure to subscribe rate review on apple podcasts or spotify or wherever you're listening to this and we would like to give special thanks to our special guest leslie hartman thank you for joining us on this very special christmas santa claus episode hey thanks for having me i'm super excited that the movie that won featured a single mom who provided an amazing (laughs) house for her only daughter and found a super hot husband. 
Um, yeah. I mean, like, those were great. Super privileged. Oh, yeah. Is that something you're looking uh, forward to? Privilege all the okay. way. <laughs> Sounds like that's something you're looking forward to accomplishing on oh, your no, own. Oh, no, I've already accomplished that. <laughs> We have a daughter. You have a daughter? <laughs> no, Where we've just she? got a really whiny boxer. <laughs> She's referring to the yeah, pod I dogs. know, yeah. Sylvester Stallone. He's, he's <laughs> whining in the corner. Why can't they make a Rocky Nine? That's stupid. He's not even a boxer. He's an actor. I should have said Evander Holyfield. Or... No, you should have said Rocky. Rocky. <laughs> just George. It's just George. Uh, Evander Holyfield, George Hamilton. Wait, what was the uh, boxer's name that's named George? <laughs> uh, George Foreman George Foreman Grill <laughs> I've been John O. Rodriguez And I'm still Conrad Hartman We'll see you next time Thanks bye Oh Oh is this Yeah you gotta say goodbye <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect Bye guys I'm where the cable guy, and if you got heartburn, you sound like Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> it's not that no, I far don't. Off. It's true. They were on the. <laughs> what were they? The uh, what were they called? The Kings of Confederate Comedy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> the the Kings of Q Slavery Alive. <laughs> the Kings of you don't need a college education. <laughs>